0: Welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Career. In this podcast, I interview people who have taken a leap of faith and pursued an alternative career path in Asia. I'm your host, Jennifer Ong, and today I'm super happy to have Priscilla join us. Priscilla is a musician in Singapore and recently started her own creative agency. Growing up, she was always super passionate about music, but she never thought about pursuing it as a career. Instead, she actually followed quite a traditional route and started her career as a marketer at Marina Bay Sands. What I find super interesting about her story is that she's someone who has left the corporate world to pursue singing not once, but twice. And it's fascinating to see how the two career paths, alternative and traditional, have pushed and pulled in her journey. So without further ado, here's our conversation. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is kind of just talk through your journey a little bit with us how did you get started with music was it something that you always loved as a child which is kind of like where the passion for music really started
1: um it started when i was young so my whole family sings all the time <laughs> like randomly after dinner we'll be like playing the piano and singing so every christmas my mom would ask my sister and i to like put up a special item i love to just perform. <laughs> And in secondary school, I remember every day at like five o'clock, I would be downstairs in my living room and just having my own private concert <laughs> with nobody else. I would just be playing the laser discs, you know, those huge like Michael and Seurat backstreet boys. I would be singing to myself, dancing, and every single day. And like, my parents knew about it. My sister knew about it. Nobody cared. Nobody came to my concert. But, you know, <laughs> But yeah, I just loved it. It was something that I looked forward to every day.
0: And was that something, so like when you went to university, did you also pursue music there? I did not. So I didn't enjoy the theory
1: part. Like chords and, and sight reading was horrible, really horrible. I did marketing. So it was a business degree and I guess didn't know what to
0: study and all my friends were going to marketing so I like, okay let's, let's let's do that okay and I guess you never really considered like becoming a musician then
1: I guess not
0: because I mean like normal
1: Singaporeans everybody is kind of brought up to go to university and then get a job maybe in a bank where all the money is so you know like a stable job was kind of I don't know, just it, it just didn't cross my mind that I would go into full time music until I took up my corporate job. I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my purpose and I wasn't really happy. Whereas when I started singing on the side, it was yeah, it was like the best time of my life. I love performing in front of people and I love seeing how people react when I say certain things you know, on stage to make people laugh and the songs that I sing, like the way we we arrange the songs. Yeah, when people start dancing to it, when you see like the variety group really happy or you know they're crying because it means so much to them. Yeah, that was the job satisfaction that I I guess I was lacking in a corporate job.
0: Going back to that point a little bit, so after you graduated you got a corporate job maybe tell us a bit more about what you were doing there and also how did you get started doing music on the side?
1: Right. Sorry, I fast forwarded
0: that part. Yeah. So I, I was working in Marina Bay Sands for my first
1: job. I did loyalty marketing there. It was a very good first job because it's Marina Bay Sands. It just opened, you know, it's like the icon of Singapore. My office was really nice (laughs) and yeah, people were nice as well. And the kind of budget that they had <laughs> was also like every marketer's dream, you know? So yeah, it was it was a really good first job for me. And I think I started to sing because one of my best friends got married. So she asked me to sing at her wedding. Yeah, and then one of her cousins who worked at the wedding was an agent. And then he came up to me after the performance to ask, hey, would you like to be part of my agency where i can let you know when there are events and then if you're free you can come and join me and that kind of thing so i was like oh my god so cool i can get paid for this I'm like sure you know so yeah so i took it on and and that's how it started and yeah fast forward to now i think i've sung about 400
0: events so far what yeah. wow <laughs> on oh yeah. my goodness okay that's super cool so, yeah. so with the agency then you didn't have to find your own customers it would just yeah. be like hey are you free this weekend to sing at this wedding yes mm. yeah
1: okay yeah so I actually sent up my musical resume okay <laughs> I up, like you know a few videos of myself singing and then I sent it to all the different wedding companies in Singapore
0: okay so and then I guess like then you started getting like a few more gigs and When did you figure out it was like the right time for you to move out of your corporate job to do this full time?
1: So, well, it's been about six years, I think, since I started gigging outside. So there was a period of time when I left Marina Bay Sands because I wasn't feeling it. I I was dragging myself to work every day. And yeah, and I thought like, you know, at that time, I was single, I had no commitments, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to quit, I'm going to take a break, and yeah, just figure things out, right? And that was when, the next day after I quit, I think, I was I was in the car, and then I heard an announcement about a singing competition. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's fine, let's go take part and see how how it goes. So I took part, and then, unfortunately, like the first round, I was kicked out. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible, you know. But it it kind of showed me that that was the route that I didn't want to go in. Like the commercial, I don't know. Yeah, because one of the producers spoke to me and they said, "Like, hey, you know, we we find that you can really speak um, well on camera. And would you like to explore hosting, you know, acting in Chinese dramas? Like that's the typical route that people go for. And I kind of... Like I didn't uh, yeah, I didn't feel it. I, just, I was like, no, I just want to sing. I don't want to act. I don't want to do the whole thing. I don't want to do stuff like that. I just want to sing. So I, I let that go. And then I tried wedding singing and I got bored. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know what? This is like, oh man, what am I doing with my life? You know, I was so lost. I didn't know where I was going. And yeah, so I went back to a corporate job. So that was first round where I tried music and I went back to a corporate job. I thought that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get engaged already. Let's just be comfortable. Let's get a stable job. Let's have some stable income. So I went back to a marketing job because I, I still love marketing and I went into branding for the straight times it was good like four and a half years for me in singapore press holdings so i moved around from like the events team to marketing and then i did partnerships as well Mm.
0: well i guess the first time you left your job for music when you were quitting were you nervous like this is the right decision i was so happy (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay okay (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I went on a road trip with my girls right after I quit. So I was like, you know, yeah,
0: this is the
1: best break I've ever. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to take my singing competition. I'm going to make it big. And it never happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got yeah. it. And at that point in time, when you told your parents or your family that you were going to be quitting your job, were they nervous for you or they were quite supportive? I think
1: it was a little bit of both. Yeah, with my parents look to stability quite a lot. So they really want me to be stable in what I do and to have a stable income. Yeah, so they were worried for sure. But also at the same time, I'm quite a good saver. So I saved up quite a bit. So I was quite okay. I, I knew that I could count on my savings during that, that break that I did. Uh, but of course, they were worried. But also they knew that What I wanted to do is important to me. So they definitely were very supportive.
0: So you you tried to compete in the singing competition and you did this for six months and you decided because you got engaged, that's why you went back to a corporate job again. Okay. And then after that, I know you quit Singapore Press to now pursue music full time. Maybe walk us through that decision a little bit as well. So at
1: Singapore Press Holdings, I spent about four and a half years there. It was really good um, exposure for me because I got to work with like all the media giants in the different uh, news publications, the magazines, the radio stations. So that was super fun. And I think during that four and a half years, I gave birth to my son. So there was a lot of struggle there when, when I became a mother and then I had to go back to work. And I don't know about other moms, but I'm like super sticky and like I really need to see him. I, I want to be there for every single like little milestone. You know, like, oh my God, even when he rolls over for the first time kind of thing. I'm like, oh man, I missed it. No. <laughs> you know, so I was really... I was dying inside, you know, like just, just being in office and not being able to watch my son grow up. You know, I felt so much mom guilt. It was really tough. And so that was kind of, it built up. You know, After a while, it kind of like killed me a bit inside every day that I had to go to work. And yeah, so right after I went back um, to work, After my maternity leave, my boss told me that, oh, you know, there's going to be structural um, changes. So you're going to be uh, reporting to a new boss. And uh, yeah, my new boss was like amazing. He was like, if you ever need to bring your son um, on medical appointments, just let me know. So he was very flexible, very understanding. It was exactly what I needed. So I was super thankful for that. And he even gave me a bigger role to lead a team. So that was fun and challenging. So I had to learn new skills, how to manage people and then it hit me again like every single partnership that that came out is not life changing to me it didn't impact many people it just wasn't my passion wasn't my purpose that I felt at that point in time and um, I felt like I was getting very comfortable already You know, I was like, yeah, okay, let's just cruise and let's just do what I need to do, and then I can go home, see my kid, and then restructuring came again, and then there was a new boss, and then after she came in, like three quarters of the team left because the management style, you know, we couldn't um, work together. We just felt like, yeah, it just wasn't a great place. It was quite toxic. So, so it was really the push for me to leave. So. I was like, man, please let me find a job. And during this time, you know, so I sent out quite a few of my resumes. I applied for quite a few jobs and I went for an interview with one of the top, fashion brands in Singapore, you know, they are a really fast-growing company and they basically wanted to hire me for like a huge role, basically like a marketing head of the the team, but they were really clear and they said that, you know what, because we are a very fast-growing company, the hours are going to be crazy, you know, every day, everyone works till like 10pm and that's like the norm, you know, and weekends because they have events, they have so many things going on that it's just going to be part of the job you know, so they were really upfront about it, which I appreciated because that was something that I would not, I could not do, you know? Yeah. Because like there's a mother in me and there's like, Oh my God, I need to prove myself. I need to do better in my career. No, because I'm at this age where like I can push myself, you know, I don't feel like I need to step back and just relax. I wanted to, yeah, like move on the career ladder as well. So yeah, I decided not to take that because of the culture, the working hours. It just didn't fit like something that I, I wanted for my family and my work-life balance. So I turned on the job and then out of nowhere, really, I met this lady who is a mom of three kids. She was looking for someone to help her with her music program. So it's a new, completely new business um, startup and she had her other business as well. So she wanted someone to helm this completely. And she offered me a job, you know, because she knew that I wanted to do full-time music. So she was like, hey, you know what, why don't I give you this as like a sideline so that you can have some supplement to your gigging income. I say I'm like oh my God, yes. Yes, that, yes. I want It's like flexible hours. I get to choose what I want to do. And you know, basically like I'm running the business. So I set the direction and and I execute everything, right? And it's kids, I love kids, it's music, I love music, you know, it's like my dream job. And yeah, so I was really glad. And that that happens, which gave me the confidence to leave my corporate job instead of just jumping off the cliff into um, full-time music. Yeah because it is scary because uh, at that point I had a kid I you know I have commitments financially already like our house our car and all that so I thought it was it was a safety net for me to have that and then covid hit <laughs> and then all my gigs were basically just either canceled or postponed so I watched my entire excel sheet of gigs from 2020 just move to 2021, you know, and yeah, that was basically it. Like it just went kapish. like all my income just left. Right. And there was nothing I could do about it. And then because of COVID as well, this kid's music program didn't happen. Nobody was going to sign up for on physical classes. So we had to take a break and shut it down. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I, I lost like everything Yeah. So I was, I was really, really scared at that point. And I'm sure quite a few people can resonate, you know, if you've lost um, your income due to COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know, we learn how to adapt as we all learned in the past few months.
0: Yeah. Wow. I I can't imagine how scary that must have been for you to go Mm. through all of that. Do you feel like Um, you would ever go back to
1: the corporate world? I mean, I would be lying if I said that it didn't cross my mind, especially when COVID hit and I was (laughs) incomeless. So, I mean, definitely I thought about it. I was like, oh man, if I didn't quit, I would be safe, you know? But then again, during COVID, it really changed my perspective because whose job was safe during COVID? Even if you went in an office job, like it doesn't guarantee that you would still have a job and you would, have your full pay. So, I mean, for me, I've never regretted it because every single day that I left my job was such an exciting journey, sometimes really scary. But on most days, it's really fulfilling. And And I really love what I do. And I'm so glad that I took that leap of faith to step out and to do something different and really just travel that road that is kind of unclear. And, you know, sometimes there's there's no path, but <laughs> but you figure it out, you know, you have i think there's been a lot of people around me that have been so supportive and that really helps you know so something that really hit me when i was in the corporate world was that i had to rush out every morning it's like i have to reach office at nine o'clock if i'm late one, i'm get, getting stairs and, and every morning it would just be a mad rush and i don't get to spend that quality time i don't get to sit down and eat breakfast with my kid my husband it's just like okay like okay mommy's late okay bye see you I hated that I really hated that you know mm. whereas compared to now I have control kind of of my own time kind of yeah not all the time but yeah just being able to to just start every morning right and then when I pick him up from school I get to see his happy face you know and he's like yay mommy's here but it's just having that I guess control of your own time being able to set boundaries yeah yeah
0: so, 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 no regrets, and probably oh, not gonna consider coming back <laughs> into the corporate world for a while. Well, <laughs> I think that speaks a lot to your character as well, because I know it must not have been an easy time for you. So, you must truly love what you do to be able to continue to stick through yeah, with, yeah. with all of this. Um, I guess, like now that mm. we are adapting to this new world where we live with COVID. I saw that you've been doing more online gigs. Maybe tell us a bit more about how you've maybe changed and adapted your business to this new environment. So
1: during COVID, because... We couldn't go out at phase one. So that was basically just learning to adapt at home with everyone at home, my kid at home with no school, you know, how do I juggle having to manage his like home-based learning and his playtime, his wanting our attention with helping myself to adapt, you know, because I needed to think of ways to pivot my business and how I can offer my services in a creative way. And then I think in phase two, I started approaching different brands. Hey, you know, would you like to have like some live music performances so that you can engage your followers, you know, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Facebook. And because I'm a marketer by background, you know, in it's, it's just in me and and because I do Instagram content creation as well. So it was kind of like everything jelled together. So I actually approached uh, many brands to pitch to them, telling them that, hey, you know what, if you're looking to do your online sales, you could do a live performance. Sometimes I could MC. I could talk about your products. And then I could also throw in like, you know, an Instagram post for you. We could do a giveaway. And it was basically everything that I knew into one product. Yeah, so for example, like I managed to do a live jamming session for Lanesh, so the the skincare brand. So basically, it was um, like a skincare routine that they wanted me to do. So they sent me products and then I was like, huh, okay, how do we make this interesting, right? So they had a whole nighttime routine where there's an eye mask, there's a lip mask, there's like a face mask. So I thought, okay, let's do something fun. Like if I'm going to put on the eye mask, I'm going to demonstrate it. I'm going to sing a song about eyes. You know, like, can't take my eyes off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like the lip mask. I would sing, kiss me, you know, that Uh, kind of thing. So that was really, really fun for me. And I felt like I was really proud of my product. And yeah, I started getting different ones, asking me to do the same thing, different brands, different companies. And I tried to make it personal to what the company stands for, what they wanted to do, whether it was an event or some programs online to engage people. Yeah, so that was really fun and I'm just really glad that I managed to adapt. So, yeah.
0: That's really awesome. And I think that's such a creative way of like combining all the things that you are good at into one very distinct product that is very different from what I guess like a lot of other people are offering out there. So I think that's a really smart way for you to combine your marketing background with your passion. So that's super cool. Um, How did you go about finding those clients? Was it just like cold emailing? So basically, I would use
1: my Instagram account. So I already knew like who I wanted to approach and I would come up with a brand proposal for them. And then I would just send it to them and I'll ask them like, hey, you know, if you guys want to do a collaboration. And then after a while, once I got traction, then I started charging for it
0: yeah so i mean it
1: was purely for like exposure first and also of course to like test my own services you know because if i offer it as a service and then it sucks then you know nobody would pay me for it
0: (laughs) and so it was mostly just through instagram that you would reach out to them like did Mm. you know people who worked in those marketing teams that you could like tap into
1: Yes, so it was a bit of both. So I used Instagram and talking to people that I knew that um, were planning events, but couldn't do events anymore. So they had to pivot to do live streaming events. Mm yeah so then that's where i needed to prepare my homework and basically pitch a product that would suit their needs Mm. right because everybody during that time was like oh man how do we go from like an event to an online event what platforms do we use who can we get so it was really using my previous experience from events curate my product for that certain event to suit their needs
0: Mm. yeah That's really awesome. Um, I guess like, how did you figure out how to charge brands? Because I think for a lot of people who want to be creatives, the hardest thing is like trying to figure out how much you can charge your services. How did you think through that process of how much to charge? For me, it was a little bit about testing
1: water. (laughs) So when I first started out, I would send my rate card and I knew that I was higher than market rate. Yeah, I knew it very well. And I didn't want to drop my price because I don't want to go into a price war. And at that time, it wasn't my full time, right? So I had a corporate job. So I knew that this is just a sideline and I don't need to have 10 gigs a month. You know, I'm happy with just like five. So I don't have to lower my price so that I get more gigs. I just need that, that few handful of gigs that pay me what I ask for. And it's good enough for me. So when I first started out, I sent out rate cards and then people would say like, oh yeah, you're too expensive. I'm going to get a cheaper singer. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. But I found that there were also a group of people who were willing to pay. And in fact, they would even (laughs) book me like way in advance. And that's when I got my confidence to keep my price Yeah. And for live music services, it it really depends on what the client wants. If they want just live music, if they want like a video, you know, then I have to shoot, I have to edit. And then if I have to write a song, you know, so it's really like a whole slew of services that I have. And it's really about just looking at how much your effort your time spent in each project, you know how much you think you're worth an hour, for example, how much value um, you can provide for your client when you offer your service, right? So if if it's about making people see the value in what you do. You know, and even if um, people don't pay as much as other people, I found that if I put my best into every single project that I did, you know, it it just pays off. Like, you know, you get repeated engagements from the same client if they're happy with what you did. Like, oh, you know, we didn't ask for this, but you did it for us anyway. So, like, oh, that's great. We love working with you. We have another brand under our company. Can we hire you for that? You know, so. It was a lot of like repeated engagements from my clients who were happy with what I provided. And that's when I know like, okay, that's great. Like my pricing is good. They're happy with the product and the value the added services that I provide. So that's kind of when I know, okay, this is the benchmark that I can send my services to. So it's really a lot of trial and error and figuring out your time how much you're putting in, you know, if you don't have the skills to do it and you have to outsource it to someone else, like your friend who does video editing, or maybe for me, if I need to record the song, I need somebody to mix the audio tracks for me so that it sounds good. So I kind of have to figure out like my cost as well as how much I, I need to earn.
0: Yeah. Mm. Got it. And I guess I wanted to ask you about financials, especially during this period of time of COVID. People are like, oh, maybe I should just stay with my job. Would love to hear your thoughts on how you figure out Mm. how to support yourself as a musician.
1: So I definitely had a goal, like every month, I would have, for example, eight gigs, at least four weekends, right? So at least eight gigs would be a good number. So that was the goal I set for myself after I quit. And then because of COVID, I realized that it's just tough. You can't plan this. And as a freelance musician, you are really subject to instability and you cannot plan like who's going to hire you for the event. Sometimes I get bookings like two years in advance. Sometimes I get bookings like two weeks in advance. And I feel like with finances, you just got to be prepared for months where you are just dry but there are also months that are so good that you're so busy and yeah so just really average those out and make sure that your baseline is something that you are comfortable with and if it's not then think of other ways that you can supplement your income so for me like my instagram content online my marketing has really helped as well it's a very good site income which I feel like it's a good way to promote my services as a musician as well. So yeah, really building my own brand online to make sure that the content that I put out is wholesome, it's representative of who I am as a person and as a as a brand. You know, I look at myself as a brand because I'm a branding and marketing person. <laughs> so yeah, everything that I say and the kind of videos that I put out, the kind of songs that I sing, it's all part of um, who I am as a person. and And just, yeah, leveraging on that to market myself and to find a a sideline. I feel like most musicians in Singapore I think have a sideline. Nobody is like full-time full-time, I think, unless you're doing super well. Yeah, so uh, most musicians I know are either teachers on the side or they have like some kind of corporate job, especially in this climate. Mm. Yeah, so I mean just just really be mindful of what you can do, know your own skills, where your passion lies, you know, if you're you're thinking about like doing different things. Maybe they can all be one thing, like like what I'm doing. You know, it's marketing plus music plus songwriting plus being a mom. You know, and everything just gelled together for me really well. Yeah. So just thinking about yourself as a product. You know, what would people pay for when they they engage you as like a musician or as a content creator?
0: I think we kind of like alluded to this already, but in Asia there's such a strong focus on financial security that I think a lot of times people who want to pursue their dreams are nervous because society kind of frowns upon people who pursue their dreams. Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. You know, How do you balance living and growing up in a society where financial security is important? <laughs> how have you been able to fight that to pursue your dreams?
1: I mean, like I said, I grew up... Thinking that it's definitely it's like no brainer. You just get a stable job, um, yeah. stable income every month, and yeah, just because of COVID, I'm sure that everybody has a changed perspective on financial security. You know, even though you have a job, it really didn't matter, right? Because everybody was subject to the same thing, and. Yeah, it's just really how quickly you adapt. And after COVID, I realized that um, just putting my stability in in something else, like my passion and my purpose is more important than making sure that I earn enough money because what am I earning all this money for, right? Even if we have that much money, it's COVID, we can't travel, we can't buy things that, that we would normally do, right? So, yeah, I mean... Financial stability definitely sounds good. And I think to a certain extent, it is important that you definitely need to have yourself covered to be sustainable. But yeah, but just, I guess, finding that purpose and passion will bring in the finances eventually. And it's really about how hard you push yourself, how hard you work, how you present yourself and your services, as well as, yeah, how you pivot and how you adapt. You know, so I really... I think that if you're thinking about an alternate career, just make sure that you know your one thing that you're good at, the one thing that you are offering people as a service. And if people can see value in what you're offering, then definitely go for it. If people don't see the value, find ways to make people see the
0: value. It's really about marketing. And What do you think is like the end goal for you when you feel like, ah, I've made it? The end goal for
1: me would be to see, see people really like blessed, you know, like when they hear my music and I don't know if it's a good thing if I make people cry, but I kind of enjoy that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like when, yeah, you know, when, when they listen to me, like, tell a story and hear the songs that i sing or maybe even songs that i write and it yeah it it invokes a certain emotion in them i just really hope to be able to whether it's restore a certain hurt that people have gone through yeah i mean it's i guess it's all about the people that sounds so cliche when i say that (laughs) But you know, when, no. yeah, just really like when I when I see people reacting to my music and knowing that I have given my all to put that into my music and yeah, it just makes me happy. And I guess that's that's my angle. I will sing until I cannot sing
0: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And I think that's really come through in this whole conversation today. Like you are super passionate about singing and for you, it's really like, how do you bring joy through the music or, you know, mm. the emotions, I guess, not just joy, but also yeah. potentially <laughs> <the> tears. <laughs> oh, a good, kind of good tears, good tears, yeah, good tears, good <laughs> tears, like happy tears. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, And I guess just the last question for you, for people who are thinking about becoming a full-time musician or to pursue music full-time. Any advice for them or things that you wish you knew before you started? Well, my advice would be
1: to really get to know people, find people whom you can trust in the industry, who have the same goal as you, who are like-minded, you know, they share the same values. Yeah, I mean, as with every industry, I guess there'll be ups and downs and the first few years are definitely not going to be easy because you need to break into the market, you need to make yourself known and at the same time, not offend everyone else, you know, because it is competitive. But if you are thinking of going into music, you know, find that niche that you have, like what is that thing about you that makes you so special? What is the thing that you're trying to bring across to people? What are you trying to convey? What are you representing? And if you are super clear about that, that and people see value in it, then then, great, you know, work on it and, and go for it. Yeah.
0: I think that's a really good piece of advice. It also kind of ties in your branding slash marketing expert, expertise because <laughs> you're like, got to brand yourself. <laughs> got to figure yeah. out what your niche is. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it's a very valid point because, you know, there's so many musicians out there. But yeah, just wanted yeah. to thank you for all your time today. I know you've been super oh, busy, so super appreciate me. you taking the time to talk to us today and sharing your story. I and had fun. All the advice you gave us.
1: Thank you for having me. It was fun talking to you. Thank you so much for doing this. I think it's really helpful for people who are thinking about an alternate career. And, you know, it's good to hear from people who have Gone down that road, and yeah. If you need any encouragement, feel free to reach out. You know, on Instagram or wherever you can find me. If you see me singing, (laughs) and you want to ask about music or you know Instagram stuff or whatever, just life in general, feel free to reach out. Yeah.
0: Yes, and I'll also add your uh, Instagram profile into the show notes today, so uh, you guys can very easily reference and and reach out to Priscilla. (laughs) Marketing. And there you have it, my conversation with Priscilla. Here are a couple key takeaways that I got. One, the best way to stand out from your competition is to figure out what your niche is and what your value proposition is. To find your niche, try combining three to four skills that you have and bring in a few personal elements that make you uniquely you. Priscilla, for example, was able to pivot herself during COVID by building a personal brand and an agency that combines her skills as a musician, marketer, and also incorporates aspects of her personal life as a mother. 2. It is okay if you leave your corporate job to try out an alternative career path and then realize, wait, maybe this is not all it's cut out to be. It's not the end of the world, and you can very easily go back to what you had previously. Trying and failing is better than spending the rest of your life wondering what if. Take it from Priscilla, she left to pursue singing decided that it wasn't what it was cut out to be and was very quickly able to find another corporate job. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Control Alt Career. Check back in two weeks from now for my final episode of this season. And guess what? That episode is going to be about me. A lot of you have mentioned that you want to hear more about me and how I left my traditional career for an alternative one. So I thought, What better way to wrap up season one and this year than by turning the spotlight on myself. So stay tuned. And if you haven't subscribed yet, do hit subscribe and leave me a rating and review. I'd love to know who's listening and what you think of my podcasts. I'm making these podcasts for free. So if it has provided you value, this would be a great way for you to show your support. And if you did already, you're the best. Thanks so much. All right. See you guys in a couple weeks.